First off is um, tomorrow we start Vacation Bible School. And we are very excited about that. We have about 70 kids already registered, and many of those are not directly uh, attached to Maranatha. They uh, sign up by word of mouth or are signed by the road, so we are excited to have them. Um, uh, one thing I ask is, uh, even if you are not directly assisting with Vacation Bible School, is that you keep us in um, prayer this week. Uh, the gospel will be being shared in some way each day. Um, so we ask uh, you to, to pray for us to present it well, but also for, their, for the kids' hearts to be ready to hear it. Uh, also, uh, our annual business meeting uh, is July 17th, right after uh, second service. I believe we have a meal, and then uh, we'll begin our annual business meeting. Um, we do ask uh, specifically that members attend, um, but uh, everyone is invited to that. Lastly, uh, youth rock climbing um, will be happening, I believe, once a month over the summer. And uh, the one for June is the 29th, yes. And uh, we'll be uh, meeting here uh, the morning of. Pastor Tony will have more information as the weeks come, and then we'll be heading out to Interstate Park. Lastly, uh, this one is for the wives and children. If you did not remember, today is Father's Day. Uh, and we, uh, we just wanted to take some time to celebrate fathers this morning uh, with a short video. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Welcome to another dad battle. Now is anybody, and I mean anybody at all, willing to face our champion? Gentlemen, my son joined the golf team at school, so I bought him an extra pair of socks in case he gets a hole in one. Hole in one. His dad jokes are so effortless. See that? That's why he's the champ. That's nothing. The other day, my daughter said a good Christian dad would buy her a car. So I said, well, a good Christian kid would walk, because that's what Jesus did. Fathers! Listen up, son. Just because God picked your nose doesn't mean you should. <laughs> when you start paying the bills, you can make some of the rules. Come on! Yeah. Yeah. Hold up! Who touched the thermostat? Yeah! That lawn isn't gonna mow itself. Let me stop what I'm doing and fix your boredom. Hi, Hungry. I'm Dad. I love the smell of Home Depot in the morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just wait till your mother gets home. Oh. Yeah. Oh. No. Oh. What? Pull my finger. Nah. 
Just rub some dirt on it. Proud of you. You can do hard things. I love you, no matter what. When God made you, He made something very special. Proudest day of my life is the day you made me a father. I thank God for you every time I get on my knees and pray. And again, who gives this woman? No, no, you look at me. You look at me. Who gives this woman to be married to this man? Mother and I glad that you're here. And to all the dads, happy Father's Day. And I want to do again something special for you fathers. One of the greatest gifts that you can receive is of course children. I tell you what, it's hard. It ain't easy. In fact, I took it easy this week. I didn't even shave. My daughter's like, you're growing a beard. I'm like, I'm just lazy. We laughed, but then there's days we don't laugh. It's hard. In fact, last night I was out late with a gentleman who lost his son. He said, I'll never be able to hug him again. It's not easy. But I want to do something special for you. So, this might be awkward for you, but if every dad is able to, come on up here. I'd love to pray for you. So, all the dads, come on up here. Yeah, gather up here. Get in the bright light there. And you don't have to climb up all the way on the steps, but whatever works for you. I want to give you a charge, a challenge. And this one may not be easy. It was about two years ago. I was on the phone with someone who was very upset. Maybe I'm in the wrong spot here. Sorry, Matt, you're up here. Thank you, Stacy. He was very upset because just all that's going on in the culture. Raising his voice at me, kind of yelling at me, 
It's time that we as men stand up. And I was just listening. And he was barking at me and telling me, this is what we need to do. And I said, well, what, what, what would the good Christian response be? And he just basically said, we need to stand up, we need to fight, we need to do these things and puff up our chest. Good American answer. Let me give you this powerful verse. John chapter 3, verse 30. He must increase, I must decrease. Yeah, we need to be men. A couple weeks ago, I mentioned a song by this Christian band, Petra. I mentioned it's time to fight like a man. Remember that? And what was the posture of that? Get on your knees and fight like a man. The greatest position that you can be in as a father is to have the heart of humility saying he must increase, I must decrease. And one of the greatest ways to do that is to pray. To be men of prayer. So as I pray over you, would you be willing to get on your knees as a reminder to yourself that posture of praying so right now, men, let's get on our knees and we're going to pray for you. Would you, the rest of us, join in prayer? Father God, I come before you and I just lift up these dads. We are so grateful to be dads. It's one of the greatest honors that we could ever have. To have children, to love them, to be a part of their lives, to pass on the family heritage. But I pray for these men. In a culture filled with animosity, with pride, with this warlike attitude, help us be truly men that would be on our knees. Oh, there's a way to fight. I think of Ephesians chapter 6. Be strong, absolutely. Yeah, be strong, but in the Lord, in the power of His might. So I pray that every father here would understand the great position of being on our knees. In humility, may we learn to fight for our family in prayer. May we be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might, as we are humble. Lord, Keep us humble. Keep us broken before You. And we do lift up our children. And I pray for these fathers as some of them have struggles that we don't know about within their families. Equip them with the Spirit of God to be men. That people would not see them, that they would see Jesus. And May the anthem of our lives be that verse out of John chapter 3, verse 30. He must increase, I must decrease. I pray you bless them. Keep their eyes on you, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Happy Father's Day to all of you and thank you.
What a great thing to celebrate and encourage. I encourage you families, if you have children here, children pray for your dads. It's a tough time. We live in a society that just seems the, the culture seems to be changing of what manhood should really be. When I was on my honeymoon, we had this thing called a 35-millimeter camera. Anybody remember those things? Yeah. And I took over a 1,000 photos, which was crazy, because if you don't realize, you had to pay to get them done instead of just looking quickly what they were like. And if things weren't in focus, it would be a mess. And it's interesting, we went out to Washington State and... I, I realized, I was like, I'm only going to go on one honeymoon in my life, most likely, and uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, I'm going to live it up. So we took two weeks and enjoyed it. And during the photos, we, we took a variety of photos. When we got them all back, I realized, realized one major thing. Many of them were very close-up photos. Like I got a photo up there. Here's a photo of, a lot of them were just very close-up photos. And we would look at all these, these beautiful pictures of, of flowers, or, or we went to Mount St. Helens and little pine trees growing up after the devastation happened in 1980 and just how life was coming back. So some were very, very close up, just this, this macro lens I bought. But then some were, I stepped back and was like, oh, look at this grand view. I don't know what photo we got next here. This grand view. And uh, this, in fact, this mountain here is one of the, most popular pictures it's on a lot of calendars and just we get this grand view of the whole picture of the scene we've been going through the book of mark and we've been i'm more as you know as a preacher i'm an exegetical preacher i love focusing on on one verse for six months it seems like that's the pace we go but today we're going to go big picture we're going to cover over a chapter in mark wow it's going to be great crazy here we're going to do this big picture because once in a while, like in an airplane, if you've been in an airplane up high, you can see the grand view of things. And today we're going to see this grand view of how Jesus shows Himself to be sovereign, to be most powerful, to have authority over all things. And I thought about going through each of these stories one at a time, but I realized let's get just this big picture of how Christ shows his disciples he is over all things. We're going to use a canoe paddle, some chains, my little med bag here, and the newspaper to help us see these four stories as we go through them. Before we do that, let's start with a word of prayer. Father God, today is a special day. Yes, it's Father's Day, and it's not an easy day because some of us have fathers that maybe weren't what we would consider a godly father. And we have the effects of those in our lives. Or we've had fathers that have passed on. We're unable to say Happy Father's Day to them. But today is a special day as we gather together as the body of Christ. And this section of Scripture is so rich. Popular stories... Sometimes they get misused because people spiritualize them and do kind of unique things with these stories. But today we're going to take a step back and look at this big picture, how they're tied together. How Jesus, You shine. 
You are above all things. So Spirit, work in our hearts because we truly need You. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're in the Gospel of Mark. So take your Bibles, turn to the book of Mark. We're in Mark. We're at the end of chapter 4, and then we're going to cover the rest of chapter 5 today. We're at the heart of the ministry of Jesus in Galilee. And today we're going to look at what's a couple scenes, four stories, and we're going to see how Mark uses these stories, ties them together for his audience, because his audience is after Christ has ascended. And he's writing this to people who are being persecuted, who have struggles, and they need to know that Christ is over all. And we see that we've been going through Mark, and Mark has been doing these parables, these little short story-like things to bring a point. And now, he moves from, away from parables here, and he gives four accounts of miracles. He moves from parables to miracles. In these events and stories, Jesus encounters each different group. And this is something we've talked about as we've been going through this series, Christ in the School of Discipleship. Everyone he meets... He encounters a different group with the reality of himself, which brings about a change in their lives. And we're going to look at four different stories. What I'm going to do is I'm going to begin each of the stories, kind of cover. It's going to be hard to me. I got some little marks in the Bible, so I don't lose my place. We're going to begin the story, then jump to the next story, then the next story, and then we'll finish the stories. So we're going to connect them together. And then with this, we're also going to use some famous pictures of Gustave Doré. I don't know, we got maybe, maybe Nate who played the drums. He speaks French, he can help me say his name. This was a French artist in the 1800s. Famous story that he depicted in these ways of artistic pictures. And it's interesting, but before this, all the church had were kind of stone carvings or you know, many didn't get to go see all the great ones in Rome, but they just had like wooden blocks that people would carve pictures. These brought to life the people in the stories and the places that made it look real. And we're going to use these pictures and then we're going to use these four examples as we go through these stories. So let's go through these stories. Story number one, starting with Mark chapter 4. All right. Mark chapter 4, starting with verse 35. That day when evening came, he, Jesus, said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A fiery squall, a huge storm come, came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? So here is this story, famous story. Jesus is in the boat, he's going with them, and a storm comes. And he's resting in the back of the boat on a cushion. Now this cushion was not a flotation device like we would, should have in our boats. It wasn't a life preserver, it was just a cushion. And it's being swamped. Water is going over the edge of the boat. Dangerous. Here we have an example of the threat. What is the threat here? It's nature. Nature in itself can be a threat. 
I remember when I was in college, it was spring break, it was April time, and I remember I was with a bunch of my buddies said, let's go back to Wisconsin where I'm from, and let's do just, let's have a weekend up at our cabin. So I went to my cabin, and we were like having fun, and the snow was melting, you know, there's pockets of snow all over the place. I remember, let's go to the Wolf River and let's go canoeing and get some boats and shoot the rapids. But as you know, when snow melts, it swells our rivers, right? And we got there and it was just forging through the stone. It was just ripping through. I was like, this is awesome. We were just in awe of it. We got in our boats on the shoreline and we were just getting swamped already. And I realized, if we get out in there, this will not be good. Now remember, this is my newer canoe paddle system. I call them my mallard. Never mind, okay. And uh, I paint all my paddles so that way everyone knows these are my paddles. And it was an older one that I had from, our, from my grandpa. It was just a rickety one. And it was like, this thing's going to break. I don't want to break my grandpa's paddle. Nature is very strong. How many remember five years ago the tornado that ripped through Barron County? devastating that night i was there helping that morning we went we were allowed a few pastors were allowed to help the people some of the mobile homes twisted a car put on top of stuff what's the threat the storm here swamping the boat soon they're going to capsize this is very dangerous the disciples are in a very difficult circumstance And they're unable to think of anything except their own vulnerability. They're going to be swapped. We're going to, Master, what's going on? Wait, we're going to die here. This is dangerous. How can this be that you're sleeping? They have a lack of faith. The God of creation is in the boat with them. So, nature. We today face many kinds of threats. It's out there. All right, let's move to the next story. Chapter 5. We'll get back to the first story. They went across the lake to the region of the garrison. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Now listen, kids, these tombs, this cemetery isn't kind of the cemetery that we have. In fact, you could go by the cemeteries and they would rake like bodies rotting and if you lived in that that's just a nasty place to live this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore not even with a chain for he'd often been chained hand and foot but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. I mean, chains are pretty strong. In fact, you could pull a car with this thing. My truck probably weighs probably a little over 4,000 pounds. This man could break chains. So this is supernatural. Iron is being broken. And then even human strength. You get the strong guys to try to grab this guy and wrestle him down, it wouldn't happen. John Peterson, the other John Peterson, he's not here. He couldn't do it. 
So this is a threat. What's the threat? It's spiritual. This possessed man could not be contained. There are things, please listen, there are things beyond our strength and ability that go into the supernatural. The threat is spiritual. Today we face all kinds of spiritual threats. Yes, these are chains, but we even have real chains. Addictions. Threats like that. But even beyond that, there are spiritual chains that bind people that we in ourselves cannot break. Serious threat. Alright, let's move to story three. Let's see where I'm at here. Okay, so let, let me just, a little thing here again. We've talked about how Mark does this. He'll begin a story, and then he'll sandwich in that another story, and then he'll go back to that story. So that's what we're going to do here. I'm going to kind of go out of order, it seems, in the stories here. We're going to start with verse 25. He begins a story, then he sandwiches another story in there, and then he finishes that story. So we're the third story will begin with 25. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. And instead of getting better, she grew worse. For when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Twelve years. Unable to get any relief. Unable to get help. Paying doctors. Even back then, doctors got paid, right? Paying a lot of money. All of this to try to get... What's the threat? It's physical. We have nature as a threat. We have spiritual aspects as a threat. Here, it's physical ailment. And today, we face many types of physical sicknesses. There's different ways. Here's the med bag I use in my car. I was a medic for 13 years, and I used to have a larger one. Now I just shrink it down to this basic one. That's all I need until the ambulance comes. There's ways to help people. But sometimes it's beyond what we can do. In fact, one of the lines we say, just load and go. Get them out of here. Take them to the doctor for the ambulance. We just load and go. We don't stay and play. We load and go. The threat is physical. Let's go to the fourth story. Let's go back up to verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by a boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue teachers named Jairus came, and when Jesus, or when he had saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live so jesus went with him a large crowd followed and pressed around him let's jump to verse 35 because then we had that other story sandwiched in there well jesus was still speaking verse 35 here some people came from the house of jairus the synagogue teacher your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? 
So here is the story of this father. Cares for his daughter. His daughter has had some kind of sickness and is unable to do what many kids may be able to do. And throughout this thing, he's like, I need to get help. Goes to the Master. Knows that Jesus can do it. At His feet, please, would you come? And Jesus says, yes. So he starts following Him. This is great. High hopes. And probably the worst words any parent could ever hear daughter is dead oh trust me it's some of the worst words you can ever hear as a police chaplain i get phone calls in the middle of the night hey would you come and help us do a death notification and as i'm driving i'm praying they open the door if it's a younger family they don't realize what a chaplain is with an officer they think okay who what's wrong who are we in trouble older people when they see chaplain with an officer they know And I always make sure, please sit down, because this is going to be the worst words you will hear. What's the threat? Death. Why do we got a newspaper here? Well, how many of you like being in the newspaper? Some of you. How many have have ever been in the newspaper? Raise your hand. Okay, some of you. Aaron Brown writes once in a while. Are you in this one yet? No, I don't know, Aaron, if you are. But the one area we don't want to be is what? Well, basically, you already know that one. Okay. Death. I'm kind of glad they don't put the obituaries on the front page. Who wants to read this, right? Death is the threat. Major threat that we have. That is a devastating one. Oh, these are tough. Yeah, tornado storms. We just had a tornado, I think, last week it was in the Appleton area. That's bad. Yeah, bondage, spiritual bondage. It's serious. Medical conditions, yeah, they're, they're tough. But death, all three of these can lead to this. This is what we want to avoid. What is Mark doing in these stories threaded together? He wants his audience to know this. God is in control. He is above all things. Amen? And today, we must know this. God is in control. He is above all things. Alright, let's finish some of these stories. Alright, where am I at here? i got to look at my notes. We jumped around a bit. Alright, chapter 4. Verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey Him. What's interesting is the disciples, oh, they've been with Jesus. They've seen Him do miraculous things, right? Someone gets lowered through the roof and everything's going crazy and He gets up and walks. They've seen Him cast out demons. And they're like, okay, spiritual realm, if He's the Messiah, this makes sense but the nature even responds to Him. And we didn't know this. This story here, this little story in Mark here, 
isn't about we have storms in your life jesus will calm the storms that's totally true but don't pull that from this story this story is about nature and its forces god is sovereign over all things when i was with my buddies in college we got in the boat and literally there was an inch left because we're kind of a lot of guys in this boat and we're like if we go out into the river and get sucked down we not we may not make it more than breaking my grandpa's paddle that was rickety and old i realized i don't want to break my skull and praise god my friend john moo was in the boat and i'm thinking he's gonna get married soon i don't want to ruin that so let's not go nature is serious storms are serious jesus calms the sea jesus has absolute authority over creation we must trust jesus things go crazy but god is there to help you just yesterday there were three boys they were in duluth at the marathon coming back they were doing some stuff and their car broke down on the highway here in 53 and they ended up walking calling a tow truck getting to rice lake they're kind of roaming around rice lake and they got to, we got to get to ohio how are we going to do this then i got a phone call hey can you help these guys out they're they're kind of in a tough spot i'm like okay let's. so i met with them and i was okay everything's legit you know you're Bummer about your car here. And I said, all right, let's, let's help you at least get to a bus so you can get to Chicago and move on. He said, all right, you need to get to Eau Claire. All right, that sounds good. We'll get you to Eau Claire. We'll figure this out. And they're just like, this is crazy. Two of them just graduated college. They're all excited about something. Now their car broken. They're stuck in small town USA. And they realize, you know what? It's kind of nice here. On the way down there, I said, guys, remember this. God will take care of you. Trust Him. He will. And they're like, this is, how is this even happening? Things happen. We must remember God is in control. We must trust Jesus. Story number 2. Chapter 5. Let's start with verse 6. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. This is the man filled with demons he shouted at the top of his voice what do you want with me jesus son of the most high god in god's name don't torture me for jesus had said to him come out of this man you impure spirit then jesus asked him what is your name my name is legion he replied for we are many and he begged jesus again and again not to send them out of the area a large herd of pigs were feeding on a nearby hillside the demons begged jesus send us among the pigs allow us to go into them he gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs the herd about two thousand in number rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned and the rest of the story the people were amazed and the, everyone gathers around they're like oh get this jesus out of here Please know this. There are spiritual forces at work around us that even you cannot overcome on your own. Jesus cast out the demons and legion went out. They were defeated, destroyed. And their goal is to destroy those who are created in God's image. But the one who made people shows up in front of them 
And now the man is in his right mind. The later it says, you sitting there normal. People are amazed. He sends them out. Jesus has absolute authority over the cosmic world. All the cosmic world. He has authority and can break truly every chain there is. Amen? Shared this story once before. I remember when I was in Bolivia. I don't know if you got that picture, Stacy. This is the only picture I have. We were in the Amazon jungle going in this boat, and then we ended up at this last village. And this village had light bulbs. We were like, wow, amazing. They even had a little store where my friend got a bunch of lollipops. That's, that's all he, that was wanted. And I remember I was exhausted. And I was laying on this bench, and I was just, I was totally wiped out. Ten days in the Amazon jungle. I just needed, like, it was. We were eating real food, but I just needed food, food, you know? I'm just like, oh. And I remember laying on this bench, and someone awoke me. And it was someone speaking in a different language I didn't understand because I was tired and everything, you know, okay. And as I heard them talk, they needed a doctor and a psychiatrist. That's what it seemed to be like. I'm listening, I'm going, what do, what do they need? And as I heard the story, I was... this. This is the only picture I have of, of the end of our trip here. And I woke, what, what's going on? They need a, a doctor, a psychiatrist. What's, I don't understand what's happening here. And as I heard more of the story, there's a guy who's crazy in the village who tried to kill his dad, and he might need some medication and a psychiatrist, a doctor of the mind, to come and talk to him, figure out what he needs. And the more and more I heard about it, I was like, this is not just someone needs some meds. This guy is not just crazy as we would say. This is demonic activity. And then one of the family members came and shared more of the story. He's trying to kill people in the family, literally try to kill them. He's got demons. We need a priest. That's why they woke me. I don't look like a priest. But I was the pastor on the trip. Bolivia's heavily Bolivian. That whole area was... Catholicism is very strong, so okay, they, they got me. This guy will take you to the house. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go to the house. And I'm praying, okay, okay, Lord, I, okay, what's going on? And I get on the motorcycle, I realize the guy they're talking about who's got these demons and wants to kill everyone, he's the one driving me. I'm like, oh, Lord, just make whatever you want right now, just help us get there. So I'm like, okay. I'm hugging this guy. I'm like, okay, now's the time to lay hands on him. I'm doing it no matter what. So I'm praying, Lord, just help me. We get there, and I've got a translator with me who's a medical doctor. She's on another motorcycle. She's looking at me with wide eyes. I'm going, okay, Lord. We get to the house. She's translating for me, and she says, basically, they want a priest to cast out the demons. Do you know how to do that? And I said this, I said, translate this for me. I don't know what priests do, but I know what Jesus did. Let's do that. And after a half hour of prayer, worship, quoting Scripture, trusting Jesus, He is over all authorities. He has absolute authority over the cosmic world. We must trust Jesus. Amen? Oh, we've got threats all around us. Nature is a threat. 
Creation groans, read Romans chapter 8. We have spiritual threats. But we also have physical threats. Let's finish the story here in chapter 5. All right, verse 29. Back, if I just touch his clothes, then I'll be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt her body, in her body, that she was freed from her suffering. And once Jesus realized that the power had left him, he turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against him, his ancient disciples. Yet you ask, There's so many people around you. How could you say he's touching me? Everyone's touching you. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembled with fear and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Jesus heals a woman with this hemorrhage who, because of her faith, reaches out, touches the clothing of Christ, and then publicly confesses, it is I. Jesus says, it's your faith. Jesus has absolute authority over all sickness. Yeah, I'm glad that we have doctors. Even Jesus talks about doctors in Scripture. We mentioned that a few chapters ago. I'm glad we have medical treatment for people who have it. But I tell you what, it doesn't always turn out to our benefit. Christ has authority over all sicknesses and all diseases. Amen? Think of Psalm chapter 103. He heals all of our diseases. He has the power to do that. Jesus has absolute authority over all sicknesses. We must trust Jesus. It's hard, though, when you're sick, right? This past week, I went to go visit Richard Fawson, who's still getting treatment. He's struggling. But his faith is acute. Spot on. He's trusting the Lord. It was hard when he saw his wife pass away. I remember that. And now he's getting to the point where he's getting older. He's like, maybe my... So we started talking about his son was there, and then his grandkids praying for his grandkids. Not fun being sick. I'll never forget one time I was in Bolivia on one of our missions trips. I was in the bathroom puking it away. Then I was on the little micro bus puking it away in a pail. And I had to preach in about 10 minutes. Tears are coming out because nothing was coming out of me. I was all empty, you know what I mean? Then I started to smile. Went, this is the greatest position a pastor should be in before he preaches. On his knees, saying, God, I need you. Shouldn't that be every day for me? Jesus has all authority. We must trust Him every step of the way. The last story here, story number four, back to Mark chapter 5, verse 35, 36. Your daughter is dead. I said, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told them, don't be afraid. Just believe. Believe. 
He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw the commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went up and said to them, what is all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with them and went where the child was. He took her by the hand and said, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up and walk. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and he told them to give her something to eat. God raises the dead. Jesus comes and raises the dead. The daughter of Jairus in the presence of Peter, James, and John and the little girl's parents. Jesus has absolute authority over even death. He's above all things. We must trust Jesus. These three are hard, but this is the hardest one, right? Just last Saturday, I was doing a funeral. Not here, but in Cameron. It was was hard. Loss of a child is so hard. And I did all I could to compose myself so I could just get through the short little thing I was going to share. Death is hard. We have threats. Nature, spiritual, physical, and death. So what do we do Three things. Here's what Mark is teaching us in these stories. Life is hard. We will experience many threats, many problems. What strikes fear in your heart? What scares you? Is it nature? Is it storms? Is it the spiritual realm? Is it sickness? Is it death? What is it that scares you? Jesus has all power and authority over every threat that we could face. That does not mean we will not face those threats, okay? Let me say that. Don't think just because you're with Jesus, oh, there'll be no more storms, that, that, you know, no more kind of natural things, or no more spiritual attacks or physical, we won't face that. That's not what he's saying here. We will not be excluded from pain and suffering, disease and death. On earth, Jesus didn't heal every disease. He healed those that came to him, those that had faith. And eventually, Jairus' daughter died. She was healed, but then died. We still live in a fallen world. But Jesus has power here, right now. And what we see in the end of chapter 4 and chapter 5 is a glimpse of what is to come. Revelation chapter 21. Someday there will be no more mourning, crying, death, or pain. Praise the Lord. Amen? Life will be difficult. Yes, it will. Number two, Jesus has absolute authority over all forces that are hostile to God. He has complete control over all things. Jesus has the power 
because he's Lord over creation. He's Lord over sickness. He's Lord over the spiritual realm, over the nature. He's Lord over all. In every threat that you may face, trust Jesus. The last point here, we should trust Jesus in the midst of the desperate situations of life. Hang on to Jesus. Yes, you have threats. Sometimes deliverance is immediate. Stand up and walk. That's great, you know? The healing we see. Hold your hand. Talita Kume. This is awesome. Sometimes it doesn't. But ultimate deliverance will come someday. Desperate situations in our life, we must trust Jesus. Have faith in Him. Believe Him. Jesus calls out faith in the midst of all these situations. Trust in Jesus. Listen, i got these verses up here. He scolds the disciples for failing to have faith in Him in the midst of the storm. He says in chapter 4, verse 40, He said to the disciples, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And He he commends the woman of her faith. Chapter 5, verse 34, He said, Your daughter, your faith has healed you. Then He tells Jairus not to fear, but believe. Jesus told him, Don't be afraid. Just have faith. We are to trust Jesus in our darkest night in the midst of the desperate situations of life. So here it is. Everyone, trust Jesus. Life is going to be tough. It might be, I thought about this, it might be next Saturday, your plans might get changed because I may die here soon and you're going to gather together for my funeral. Or maybe next Saturday we'll be here for your funeral. I don't know. Life is difficult. I may be visiting you in the hospital. You might visit me in the hospital this week because something may happen. We might get hit with another storm. Sickness, disease, death. All the threats. Still, trust Jesus. Amen? Trust Jesus. Let me finish with this verse as the worship team comes up. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not us. Dads, your strength isn't you. It's from Him. Verse 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Trust Jesus. It's going to be hard, but trust Jesus. He is above all things. He has absolute authority and power over all threats you face. Trust Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I do thank You for this day. And I thank You for these four stories that Mark put together to remind us life is going to be hard, but Jesus, You are completely sovereign over all things and we will trust You. So help us. Because when those threats come, I want to trust my wallet. I want to trust my own strength. I want to trust my own wisdom. 
Jesus, keep me on my knees. Help me get on my knees and fight like a man. Help me keep my gaze upon you, the author and finisher of our faith. This we pray in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Stand and join us in our last few songs.
Yeah. 
darkness tries to roll over my bones when sorrow comes to steal the joy I Brokenness and pain is all I know. Oh, I won't be shaken. Oh, I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Christ. We have many threats, we have many fears, 
There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Walk in the beauty of His love. Relish in it. Enjoy it. And I pray that you'll be able to have a good Father's Day if you're able to call or meet with your Father. If not, if it's a tough day, trust Christ. He's always with us. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for meeting with us. And also, fathers, we have a little gift for you. I just forgot this over here. We've got a couple books. Grab these. We've got like four different types of books. Orange ones for like bow hunting, deer hunting in the stand, and other books. And then mothers also, as you step over, this is not just for mothers, but ladies, we have this for you. These are a collection of prayers and Bible verses for you in a little basket there. So ladies, grab this. Dads, grab these. God bless you. Have an awesome week.